Alright, welcome. It's Luke's home C2C League. I'm Luke Probasco. Jacob Belleville is out today. He says he has the flu. I'm starting to wonder if it's not because he's afraid of our guest that we have on today. Uh, Nate McCullough, also known as the Iowa Jets. Uh, I think maybe he was a little nervous to to be on on the show with you, Nate, after the the great NFL run you had. I mean, you made the playoffs also in the college side. I don't know if they're – I would have to go back and look, but I don't think too many teams made it to the playoffs, you know, on both sides. Uh, so that was quite the feat. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we'll get into it with uh, NCAA news. Don't really have any. League trades, none. Jump to NFL news. David Njoku signed a four-year, $56.75 million deal. Nate, have any thoughts on that? Not really. So kind of figured it would happen since they franchise tagged him, but he's he hasn't really stepped up to what they expected him yet. So I'm not sure he earned that contract, but we'll see. If, he does I, if I remember right, he was a first round draft pick. Hasn't really yeah. done a lot. You no, just gave. Well, they they keep trying to replace him. They you bring in Austin Hooper, then they bring in the other guy that they got the. Can't remember his name. The rookie last year, Harrison Bryant. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't understand it from the money standpoint of like you give Deshaun Watson all this money, you got Amari Cooper. Like, well, I saw they they showed something the other day where Cleveland's either the first team ever or the first since in a long time that has a top seven position player salary wise in each category. Huh. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, top seven in salary. And they just paid Chubb last year, I think it was. So it's yeah. like I don't know. I just don't think it was. I think it was a very Browns move thing to do to sign an unproven tight end to that big of a contract. Granted, he's super athletic, but I don't know. I think money could have been better spent somewhere else. The only thing they have, I think, and kind of in their favor is a lot of their defensive guys are still on their rookie rookie contracts, so they don't have to spend a lot on their defensive guys, but some of them are going to come due pretty soon. Uh, the other piece of NFL news that I thought was interesting from a fantasy roster standpoint um, is the IR for the NFL. You get four weeks on the IR – and you, a team can designate up to eight players to return a year. So, you know, whatever. Christian McCaffrey has that injury. He can go on it. He is going to be on it for at least four weeks, so that's good to know. Your guy goes on IR. I can't remember. I think it was eight weeks previously. Um, but they kind of inherited the the COVID stuff. So you got four weeks that you got to be on it. And then if you designate them to return, that counts towards your eight person max. But then if, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey then gets hurt later, they can also put him on IR again and designated him to return, but that would count as a second one. So then you only have six guys that you can designate to return. 
Um, I think that just really helps with us knowing who's going to play, how long they're going to be out. Like, I thought it was really beneficial for, you know, guys that had, like, kind of small nagging injuries that maybe they could have played through, but, like, hey, we're just going to rest you for four weeks. It's just easier to set you your lineup that yeah, way. Yeah, gives you that expectation of how long they're going to be out, what do I need to do in the meantime, or... Yep, and I think the only part that, you know, kind of sucks is if they're on there for four weeks, then... Or if, like, that team happens to be close to the eight people that they're like, hey, we're just going to keep ruling you out. Yeah. Like, depending on how big they are and how big the injury is. But I think that, in general, would be is a good thing for fantasy to help us with that. All right. Well, that's all the news that we have from around the league. Nate, we're here to talk strategy. So, when we... What was your first thought when uh, I had asked you to to join this league and kind of talk to you about the concept and stuff? Yeah, you kind of brought it up to me. I think we talked a little bit about it last year. You had stumbled across it and uh, joined a random league, if I remember right, with a bunch of people from across the country. And Yep. And you had kind of been talking to me about it, and it sounded really interesting. And I've always wondered why there isn't college fantasy football. Um, seems like more people talk about college football than than NFL a lot of times. So um, was a little surprised by that, with the understanding knowing that it's probably a lot harder to track everything and have a system that works well for it. Uh, kind of like we've seen with the difficulties with fan tracks, but. Um, I was interested in and excited to, to give it a shot. So something I, I learned um, here not too long ago was, you know, Fantrax is the only place that does this. Apparently Yahoo used to do it, um, and then they did it for two years, three years, something like that, and then the NCAA asked them to not do it anymore, and then they didn't do it anymore. Really? Yeah, and then uh, Fantrax is a Canadian-based company. So that's why Fantrax just keeps doing it. because, like, the NCAA, like, Fantrax doesn't care about... Canadians. You know, the Americans. So it's like, it kind of makes sense why they're the only ones that are currently doing it. And then, you know, they updated, you know, you we were talking pre, pre-show about it, they're draft stuff kind of looks like it mimics sleeper a little bit but i mean it kind of makes sense hey no american companies are really doing this so they don't have any competition so they don't have any reason to make things better but i mean they're making some things a little bit better but something i learned that i thought was interesting so what was your strategy going into our draft and so it was I've only been in one dynasty league prior to this and it was the the other one that we're in Um, and I didn't draft in that one I I took it over after two weeks so this was my first dynasty draft so I really had no 
true strategy going in and didn't really didn't really look into the future too much that's so my draft was mainly best available uh didn't matter if they were older or younger i didn't really look at age uh didn't quite think through it properly from a dynasty standpoint um and just went after the best available also didn't really dive in to the quarterback standpoint too much uh obviously knowing i've been in super flex leagues before knowing that quarterbacks are going to go fast and where i was in the draft i didn't have a position to get one of the top quarterbacks so i kind of put the quarterbacks off late and got away with got away with it by uh, kind of stocking up on some other guys that fell because everybody else was going quarterback heavy so like if i remember right i think i got mike evans in the sixth round fifth or sixth round and uh I got some some good quality production in those later rounds, mid mid rounds, and then still had uh, the veteran quarterbacks I wanted to to kind of build around for that year, and then um, obviously making a bunch of trades. But from the college side, kind of the same thing. I didn't, I didn't. It was a, obviously slow draft, so I didn't do a whole lot of research ahead of time to find out, you know, who's where. Um, I kind of went off of my own gut and trusting what I had seen from them the year before and watching college football all the time. I watched a lot of college football, but like you said last week with Ian, I watch a lot more now. Like there was a, I think you brought it up with him watching a Hawaii game. I stayed up late one night to watch the Hawaii Fresno State game. Oh, I remember. I was gonna beat you. Yeah, that was a rough because that was the one that Jake Hayner got hurt. Yeah, he and, got hurt. There, we were going back and forth. He he came back in and threw a pick or a fumble, one of the two. I think it was a pick. Like he 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 scored enough points to like have me win it, but then <laughs> threw an interception. Like I just needed them to run the ball or something. He threw a late time interception. Oh, it was. Yep, and I think I won by like point five. It was. Oh, I remember that. It was great. It was. Those were the worst games to stay up till <laughs> two in the morning watching you lose. Yeah, you're on the edge the entire time, waiting for it. Then you think you got it in the bag, but their defense sucks, so he's got to go back out and throw again. And there you go. <laughs> but from 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 the college side, I, like I said, I kind of just went by my gut. Went. I primarily focused, especially in the earlier rounds, with guys I knew. Uh, so I ended up getting a lot of Big 12 guys because I watch Iowa State all the time. So I was watching a lot of Big 12 games. Um, so with, I got obviously Brees Hall first. Um, and then second round, I went with Brian Robinson because I knew him from Alabama. I thought he'd uh, be able to fill in for Najee Harris. And then from there, I think I. I got Alave in the third round, and then uh, I think I went Deuce Vaughn in the fourth or fifth round. Um, so I went with the guys I knew and I was familiar with. And then as the draft went on, I had to start doing a little bit of a little bit of research on who guys were, or looking at the top freshmen coming in, try to get some young guys. But kind of both both in the in the same vein, I didn't really look towards who is a college producer who is potential NFL or anything like that. So uh, really it was kind of a, a wing it type of strategy and I seemed to work out. Yeah. Uh, Mordecai really helped 
Yeah. How, how did you pick him? Um, it was I, I knew he came from Oklahoma, so he had to have some kind of skill, you know, for them to have him on the roster. And um, then obviously he got beat out, but uh, and I knew SMU was a team that likes to throw the ball, so taking a shot on him, I don't. I knew it was really late. I don't even remember what round I ended up taking him in, but um, kind of just gambled. And he pays off with 45, 50 points a week. That was uh, wild. It's like really the quarterbacks in that college format with three quarterbacks, like they really can carry carry you far if you have a kind of a crap team. Um, yeah, they like they can they, they they can put up a lot of points, and especially those non power five conference quarterbacks that that's all they do they throw the ball 50 times a game they score six touchdowns a game it, that was one one kind of i guess when you sit and think about it, it it's not that surprising but you just don't think about it how the big names that you would think would be big time scores on the college side aren't because they're playing better defenses versus other guys so that that's part of the strategy too that um you know, when you look back on it, you didn't really, I didn't really think about ahead of time either was, yeah, I got like Brian Robinson, for example, sure. He had a, he had good weeks, but there's a guy at wherever Memphis that's running the ball 35 times and scoring 200, getting 200 yards a game, but he's not as good. What do you think about, how do you process like when, you have, I don't know, a guy on Alabama going up against somebody like Georgia versus a guy on Alabama in week 10 going up against Mercer. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's another tough thing. Like, you know, he's probably not playing the whole game when they're, you know, when they're playing the, the cupcake. But there's a really good chance that he gets... 150 yards and two touchdowns on 10 carries. Yeah. There, there's a reason why it's a blowout, and hopefully he's the reason. <laughs> right. So you, you almost you, you have to gamble that he's going to be the reason for the blowout. And then, I mean, you don't want to overthink it and then turn around and get bit in the ass because he was the reason they, they blew him out and he benched him. But then the reverse side of that, I saw that with one of my quarterbacks, Max Johnson, for LSU. Towards the end of the year, I I benched him for uh, before I traded him. I benched him for Hendon Hooker before I traded Hooker to you because of that reason. He was going against the Alabamas, the Texas A&Ms, and uh, LSU's offense was terrible at that point, and took a shot on Hooker, who was another one of those diamond in the roughs. I knew him from Virginia Tech, who. Virginia Tech, for those of you that don't know, or my, is my second favorite, my second team that I follow. So I knew him, but he obviously played a lot better at Tennessee than he ever did at Virginia Tech. I think that's uh, – I'm – I made the trade with you like I wanted to get Hennon Hooker because I've, I've noticed – like I watched college football, but I didn't like watch college football. Like – College football is such a coach system 
Mm-hmm. Like, wherever that coach goes, like, you know, that system goes, they get players for that system. Some people are, you know, some coaches are better at developing talents. Some people are better at getting talent, all that stuff. But uh, when Heupel went there, I knew that he passed a lot. So I'm like, okay, makes sense. Like, Hendon Hooker wasn't really on my radar, and then he kind of... I don't think he got the job right away. I think he he got the no, job Melton like later, a couple games into the season, and then like really took off there towards the end. I was like, okay, I'm not so sure. Hennon Hooker is is good versus Heupel's system is good. Well, it was, it's, I think it's a system because if you watched, his receivers were wide open all the time, and. Like I said, at Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech's one of those systems that hasn't produced a quarterback since Michael Vick, and that wasn't even a quarterback. That was just an athlete. Um, they they had ball. another great quarterback, Marcus. We don't need to talk about Marcus. <laughs> we talk about Brian Randall or Tyrod Taylor. So last year on your college side, like you started off you know, really, really well. You traded off some pieces – Devy pieces to get and college pieces to get NFL guys to really bolster your team there. Um, and then you kind of limped into the playoffs. I think you lost right away. But then you went and you reacquired those Devy guys that then be, were rookies, like your Brees Hall, your Garrett Wilson, the things like that. Like, what? Is that kind of your plan going forward? What like, how did that come about? My plans change sometime, most of the time, day to day. Sometimes <laughs> hour to hour. Uh, honestly, it was um, I wanted to be somewhat strong on both ends, and for most of the season, I was. Then I on the college side, I started getting a couple injuries. Um, that started to decrease it a little bit, but was still getting high production from those quarterbacks, from Hooker and from Mordecai. Uh, but on then on the NFL side, just trying to stay undefeated, Brett comes in, knocks me off. Then I go on a, another run, but then I start to get some injuries to big places. Um, so then I, I had a I wasn't real deep, so I thought I needed to make a couple moves to try to bolster that to get um, to have a chance to compete I knew Ian was going to be tough he was kind of under the radar for a lot of the year still winning but then he got some of his younger guys started to step up and his receiving core like you guys talked about last week is really deep and so I knew if I had a chance I was going to have to make some moves so um, made a couple moves couple that stand out with uh, Belleville got uh, Swift and Gibson uh, before that I had traded Mordecai and CJ Burdell and uh, Ty Chandler who were high college producers for uh, Kenny Walker at the same time I traded Brees Hall to Tweet for Dak, Michael Carter, Hollywood, and Hunter Henry. Dak, 
Yeah, Hunter Henry. And so uh, to kind of fill in, in in some of those spots. So then I knew I wanted, at that point, that was kind of the first time I thought about I want to have a young running back get drafted and come to the NFL to be able to have somebody on my college side. So that's why I made the move for Walker because he was he was my second favorite running back, obviously the homer side of with Brees Hall, but I wanted Walker. So kind of made those two trades simultaneously and then used Walker then to flip for um, Swift and Gibson. Felt okay giving up uh, McCaffrey to do so because he was hurt and uh, got obviously two young running backs to replace him. The one that hurt, I didn't want to give up T. Higgins. You know, he's he's my favorite non-Falcon receiver. Now he's my favorite because Calvin Ridley doesn't count as a receiver anymore. <laughs> uh, so that one hurt, and I knew once I sent him to Belleville, I was never going to have a chance to get him back. But um, then obviously after that, he went off and started scoring 30 points a game. But then after you get, the, you get Swift, then he gets hurt, and – I didn't get to actually use him in a game until I think it was the championship weekend and he only played like half the game. The trade we made where I got TJ Hawkinson, then the next week he hurts his hand and he's out for the year. Now, did you even get to use him? No. So he he went straight from the trade block or the he went he didn't even go in the locker room. He went right to the he went right to the athletic training room when he got when he got in my building. And then he came back to my my place. Yep. He's looking and good I, in spring practice. Hands looking yeah. good. Dang it, Spiller Spiller's not looking as good now. How do you feel about that? Like I really like I am I I love I really really like Spiller. He went to a pretty good situation, but I feel like I I feel like doing it pre-draft like. Now I feel like I kind of dodged a bullet, but I'm like, yeah, oh, did I? Like, I don't know. I, it it could have been it could have been worse for you, you know, if you would have went to Houston or something like that. Then obviously that's a better spot. But yeah, I think obviously his abductor injury, whatever, scared some people off because, like, I mean, that's what we talked about when we were going through the trade. His tape looks good. He's a good football player. I don't know what the NFL didn't like about him, but the landing spot I think is going to be nice for him to to take some of the stress off of Eckler. So you might see it might be kind of like a Javante Williams Melvin Gordon split. Like they've been a little, a little less even. Like we'll see how good he is because like the Chargers have been trying to find that second running back because they've yeah Joshua Kelly. Justin Jackson, like they want somebody there. I just don't think that they've found it, and I think Spiller's a good, a good football player. So, yeah. So I, I, at first, it was a little disappointing. One that he fell as far as he did, but uh, then when you sit back and think about some of those things, I think it'll be a. I mean, it's not going to be a home run, obviously, right now, at least for year one. Uh, but Eckler is 26, 27 years old, so he's got a lot of tread. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of tread left on the tires. They used him pretty hard and heavy. So maybe he gets more play than we think. And kind of like I said with that Javante, Williams and Gordon were almost 50-50. I think this might be 
75, 25, 70, 30, something like that. But um, good stash piece. So you, you mentioned that, you know, you tried to be competitive on both sides. Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? I, I wouldn't say enjoy. I think I'm more invested on the NFL side just because that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years plus. Yeah. Um, I think the college side is more frustrating because you could – you could have this draft where, you know, like we talked about earlier, you're drafting good players that you know are good players, but you get beat because somebody got lucky and they drafted a Mac player who gets six touchdowns against a junior varsity of the deaf and blind. <laughs> and so that, that makes it a little bit more frustrating from that standpoint, but Obviously, then the same can happen in your favor. So uh, it's kind of a catch-22 situation there. But uh, And then obviously the other side of it, too, is the NFL side obviously pays more yep. right now. So um, that's kind of where some of that focus goes to as well. And uh, it might also be that the Sleeper app is more enjoyable to use than fan tracks. That makes it a little bit more fun to, to navigate through when it comes to sending trade proposals and stuff like that. But um, – it, it, the college side does definitely open you up to, to watch more games. So so we were talking about some trades. Let's talk about this trade that happened on Tweet's bachelor party. You got Ryan you got Ryan Tannehill, James Washington, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. You sent away Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Michael Carter, Keontae Ingram, and NFL two oh one. What happened? Well, so obviously, like I said earlier, I had I had Brees Hall to begin with, and got to a point where, and I knew, you know, in talking with you, you were shocked when I made that trade to begin with because that was the one guy you didn't think I would move. Yep. Um, because he is obviously a homer pick, Iowa State fan. Um, have then he went to an I Iowa State I, fan I, who's is equal a homer. Like yeah, it, yeah, and and I I knew that he would be a guy that I'd be able to get some good value from uh, with Brees, but also from Tweet because of that. But um, I was at the point on an, the NFL side. I needed I needed more depth. I needed more high end depth. So if I wanted that and I wanted to to really give myself the best opportunity, Brees was going to be the guy I had to move. So. That first trade, I reached out to Tweet and asked him uh, if Dak would be available, uh, if Brees Hall, if I made Brees available, would da- would Dak be available? And so that kind of went from there, and, and that trade went down. Um, but then instant, obviously, traders regret, um, wanted him back. So I've been sending him a few uh, – because this happened, this is March then, right? Yep. Yeah, because I was actually on the way back from Florida from going to see Mitch and Steph, so we were in a car. When he accepted it, I was going through the Chattanooga Mountains, and I had to double take, like, wow, yeah. I sent it to him in, like, 20 minutes. It was maybe an hour. He accepted it, 
and honestly, that the, what he accepted probably wasn't even the best offer I'd ever sent him for him. What? Um, yeah. So that's how I and that's why I said I was surprised that he took it. Obviously, I thought it was a it was an overpaid offer. I thought you know, giving him the number one, number two receivers in the league. Uh, plus, at the time, a good young running back who looked like he was going to be uh, going to be something special still does. But obviously, now he's on the same team as Brees, so that hurts. Um, and then Keontae Ingram, I've I've liked him since he was at Texas, and I think he'll be a, a good number two fill in for James Conner. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to get Brees since the season ended back from Tweet, and I told him right away that. Uh, I sent him a message and I said, FYI, if Reese gets drafted by the Falcons, you're going to get an offer every day. And <laughs> so it wasn't, it, it wasn't every day that I sent it to him, maybe once or twice a week. <laughs> um, but never got any counters, just always rejections. Um, and then, I, like I said, we were driving. It was a 13-hour drive. I got bored. I sent him one. And less than an hour later, he accepted. And so I sent him a message like, wow, I was surprised you, you finally accepted it. I finally, I finally wore you down. And he said something. I can't remember exactly what he said. But he reminded me that it was his bachelor, bachelor, bachelor party weekend. I had known that ahead of time, but then I had forgotten about it until he reminded me that that was, but it was still early in the day. So I was thinking, well, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be that deep into it. So he should still be fairly uh, with it. I think we're so, one stop into it. Like we'd started yeah, at a well, bar, then we went to Prairie Meadows, and then that was our first stop. And I remember he, sh- I remember he showed me the trade, and I was like, "You're getting Adams and Cup, like, yeah, yeah." For for full. Uh, transparency here that the, the one I thought he would accept had DeAndre Swift involved with those receivers. Whoa! Not both of them. One, I can't remember if it was Adams or Cup, but yeah, Swift was Swift was on the table. Still wow. is. Wow. Can't can't believe it, Tweet. Oh, man. So... What are uh, what are your kind of expectations for your team this year, college and uh, NFL? NFL, I, I still obviously plan to plan to compete. Going to be relying on on the young guys now. With uh, you were pretty old last year, I, then you got got young. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say I was really old. Like I didn't have a bunch of thirty-two year olds, but. Uh, I also didn't have a lot of 20, 23, 24-year-olds. You know, I was kind of in that 26 to 28-year-old range. Um, that's why I was okay moving um, Nick Chubb to you for in that uh, Deshaun Watson deal. Um, same thing with Aaron Jones. I agree with what you guys were talking about last week, I believe, or two weeks ago, where I think in this, without Devontae Adams, I think Aaron Jones gets more receiver look Uh, he's just getting a little older so I wanted to get value when I could for him Um, and I was kind of put off a little bit by the red flags that Pickens had 
after some of those things. So um, he became available, and uh, so then moved those two for Zamir White and David Montgomery. So now I got my full Iowa State backfield. Um, I like with Montgomery. Uh, you I like you, the you like offense. you like getting four yards when you need four yards and getting four yards when you need 10 yards and getting four yards when you need two yards and like that's the kind of running back Montgomery is and I like touchdowns you like touchdowns oh, I don't know if you're going to get a whole bunch of those with the Bears well probably not but if they score it's probably going to be him because they don't have any receivers I don't know Mooney's Mooney's there well, Mooney's going to get double teamed every time and they're going to say, here, throw it to your 25-year-old rookie. <laughs> um, what about your college team? What are you kind of expecting there? You don't have any picks until, like, the seventh round. What do you yeah. What do you think about your current roster? How- there are some guys I like. Like, I think I've got a, I think I've got a sneaky good uh, quarterback room with, obviously, getting Will Levis was, was nice. I've, I've been watching him. For the last year, I, I watched quite a few Kentucky games, and I liked what what I saw with him. He's got a very um, strong arm. Is it? Yeah. What do you really like about him? Is it the way he eats a banana? Is that what you really like about him? I, honestly, and I can't remember. I can't remember what game it was, but they compared him to Justin Herbert athletically. So that's what kind of really kicked it into gear and then watching the bowl game against Iowa uh, he just looked he looked like a quarterback that you like to see in the NFL so wanted to take a little bit of a gamble and Belleville wanted David Bell back so we made a deal to to get Levis Uh, Tanner McKee is a guy I got the second round of waivers last year for Stanford um that he's on NFL radars, uh, typical Stanford quarterback, not very mobile, decent arm strength, accurate. I mean, there's a couple couple mocks out there already, and you know, obviously some of them are shittier than others. Where I, I honestly feel like some of them like didn't even watch a lick mm-hmm. of college football. But on a couple of those, I I saw McKee in the first I've round. Seen him at the bottom. Yeah, I've seen him at the bottom of the first one. A couple I've seen. Um, He's gonna. I mean, he's kind of very similar to Davis Mills, which both of them Stanford guys, same type of situation. Uh, I'm pretty sure McKee's had knee surgery, so that falls in line with Stanford. So I think. I mean, he's got a shot, but Levis is the one I'm excited about. Max Johnson played well to start the year at a or at LSU, so now we'll see how he does at A and M, but. Uh, then if I get into a bind, I can always throw in Iowa State's own Hunter Deckers and see how he does, unless one of you Iowa State fans want to come get him from me. He's available if you want him. Um, but then I don't have a lot else other than that. You know, I like I like Blake Corum from a, a college side, like we kind of talked about before. He might just be a college producer. He might be too small for the NFL. Might be a Michigan thing. I don't know, but uh, I think he'll get – he'll play – a pretty big role on my team. And then um, Marquis Serving, who I got from Grimm in the Justin Herbert deal. I like 
the day we completed that deal, he announced he was going to Oregon. So that was nice timing. Um, we'll see how that sorts itself out. I know last couple of weeks you guys have been talking about that, about that running back room kind of being a, a mixture of a bunch of different guys. So who knows who comes out of that. But um, I liked him in the bowl game. He played well in their bowl game for Minnesota. So um, we'll see what he's got. But from a receiver standpoint, um, excited to see how Ronnie Bell comes back. You know, he had one catch for 75 yards and a touchdown to start the year and then tore his ACL on the next kick return. So he's another guy, too, that, speaking of those mock drafts that I'm seeing start to creep up in not a mock draft but in the overall rankings. Um, and then the other guy I got from Grimm was uh, Wicks, who – he was it was between him and McKee for the second round of waivers last year and uh, went with a quarterback instead of a receiver but uh, so I've been had my eye on him for a while and was able to get him but um, then the last guy I'm kind of excited to see is Micah Pittman he was at Oregon and didn't get a lot of use he's uh, Michael Pittman's brother and he transferred to Florida State so um, excited to see how they use him down there and, and if he blossoms into what they expected him to be. Um, other than that, I don't I don't have a lot of other guys. I think I still have a baseball player on my roster. Um, so he'd be an easy easy cut if I can remember who it was. Lonnie White. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still. A couple guys on your team that I, I really like um... – is Jair Shorter. I traded him to you in one of the trades. He was going to be a cut candidate of mine, but he got hurt last year. <clears throat> and uh, North Texas just slings the ball around. Um, they had a lot of injuries last year, so it didn't really happen. But they got Grant Gunnell, um, f- originally went to Arizona, then transferred to Memphis before he got hurt. But I really like him and think he's going to do – do well this year, as well as you talked about your deep quarterback room. You got Keaton Slovis, which I think he'll be, you know, he obviously doesn't look great going from school to school that he has gone to, but I think he will produce um, from a college standpoint. And the other guy that I really, really like is uh, Tyler Shaw, Shug, Shug, um, yeah. Texas Tech. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's going to be the starter. I think he's going to be the starter. Like they've got, they've kind of kept things pretty hush hush. They've got three guys there that could be the starter, but based off of reports that I had seen and stuff that I had heard, he's probably not got a lot of NFL upside. But I think they think he's going to be the guy this year. And that Texas Tech offense throws the ball a lot. And they're not that great, so they're going to be throwing a lot. I think he's a, a could be a really good college producer for you. And he so with him, he was a guy I drafted because of knowing him from the year before when he was at Oregon, and when Oregon played Iowa State in the bowl game. So that's where I got my research from him, and then saw knew that he transferred to. Texas Tech and like you said know what they like to do so thought he might get a chance to, to, to sling it around a little bit so that's that's kind of where that uh, scouting came from to, to get him drafted um, 
So we'll see if that if that turns out. And then uh, who was the other guy you said? The other that I that I liked. Yeah. Um, Obviously shorter. Keaton Slovis. Slovis, yeah, yeah. He his stock. He uh, made the trade. I think can't remember who I traded to get him for. Um, he was kind of one of, a guy I just wanted to try to trade for to um, get a little depth in the quarterback room. Uh, then Addison transfers away from him, so that kind of hurt. But we'll see if maybe he can pull a Kenny Pickett and come out of nowhere and do well at Pitt. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to fully help like get a stock back, but I, I think I think at least you got a college producer and, and if somebody's we talked about how important having a quarterback is on the college side that hey if he's a college producer that's, that's all you kinda need. Yep. And you know how I like to trade, so everybody everybody's gonna have availability. Every so <clears throat> um what what do you think your main weakness is on your on your team? On the college side, it's it's overall um, depth and production. I've got about probably three quarters of my starting lineup is filled with guys that I think are going to be good producers, and then the other quarter shots in the dark that. Maybe they end up being producers, maybe not, with like Irving, like we talked about. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley, going to be interested to see how he does going to Texas. He's one of those physical freaks that just didn't want to conform to Nick Saban's rules. Um, I got a DeMario uh, Douglas, who played well for me last year but at Liberty, but that was largely because of Malik Willis. So who knows if he's still productive or not. And then two young run, or two older running backs, Austin Jones was at Stanford, transferred to USC. We'll see if he's produces at all. And then uh, Kavion Lee, who was Deion Kane's um, backup at Penn State, we'll see if if he's still a backup or if it's his job to start. Or, uh, or and that, and we talked about that last last week, I think, but. I think Lee probably gets a start. I couldn't think of who who is the guy in front of Singleton. I think he starts, and then and then you just kind of hold your breath and hope that yeah. he makes it far enough into the season. Because I I think uh, Singleton's going to be one of those guys that like once he has that one big play, then it's yeah. just going to be starting to phase out. That can be kind of like the uh, Travion Henderson and Master Teague situation where it's Teague's job but then you get a little taste of what Henderson can do and now you gotta you gotta keep him keep feeding him but that's kind of you know that's where my college side is like you said I don't have a draft pick till the seventh round so I'm gonna have some shots in the dark there's a couple guys I'm hoping are still there but um, after hearing Grim talk about him I, I think he'll probably take them before they get to me but uh it's going to be just seeing who's available and try to build up some depth there and try to keep my 2024 draft picks so I don't put myself in the same position. But didn't start out great with that, already trading a second and a third. <laughs> I got 
and got Will Levis for it, but yeah, still got that first, but it's burning a hole in my pocket. So we'll see. NFL side, uh, I think the weakness, kind of the same situation, is overall depth, especially at receiver, um, and putting a lot of stock in those young guys. Uh, really make, making those trades pre-draft. I like to. That's how I like to do it. I like to take the gamble and go that, get the guy I want. That's where you're going to get the value. Spot. You're going to get the value but, doing it pre-draft. Like you took a gamble on Spiller. I felt he was going to go high, and it didn't. It worked out in my favor. Maybe, like maybe, but like that's where you get values doing it pre-draft. Plant your flag. This is my guy. This league yep. is all about it. Like I'm gonna go get him in college because I think he's gonna be great in the NFL. Like, yeah, and I get I get that a lot of people don't want to make those trades beforehand because they're risk averse. They want to see where the guys go. I had a couple people tell me that that's why they didn't want to make a trade till after a draft, which is fine. I'm just in the other realm of um, I want to make the trade beforehand, and if it doesn't doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I got the guy I wanted. I wanted Brees Hall. I wanted Garrett Wilson. I got them. Embrace uh, failure. I mean, right. I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna do great because of me, or I'm not gonna do well because of me. Right. It, yeah. It's gonna. I'm gonna put it on my own shoulders. I'm not gonna let it. You know. I'm not gonna sit back and say I didn't get the guy I wanted because he got. He ended up getting drafted into a good situation, and now that guy doesn't want to get rid of him. Uh, kind of happened. You know, went and want Kenneth wanted Kenny Walker back. Made the trade of Belleville, got him back. Uh, got Sutton in the deal as well and then a couple weeks later Russell Wilson decides he wants to go to Denver so now Sutton's value goes up then in the draft the Washington Commanders drafted Brian Robinson so now who knows what Gibson's value is yep. so it's I, I would prefer to take the risk ahead of time I'm not obviously you've seen the trades I've made I'm not risk averse. I'll take I'll take on the risk, and uh, if it ends up burning me, it burns me. But it's what it's all about. Make the put your neck on the line, make the trade, see how it works out. So you've we've talked about trades. Like, what's the best way to get trades done with you? Have your phone on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sending out 10 a day <laughs> just be ready um, on, because honestly I've uh, obviously I work from home so I got some free time um, not so much now with baseball starting and getting into coaching and all that stuff having my days filled with that but um, I'm, I mean I'll just I'll shoot out deals that uh you know, I, I don't necessarily like to trade just to trade, but if there's a guy that I've got some interest in, whether it's a, a depth wide receiver piece or a handcuff running back piece or, uh, like, I mean, the trade I did with Ian, that was why I wanted Jamal Williams is the handcuff to, to Swift, obviously. Um, so those are those are deals that I'm, I'm looking to make, aside from, obviously, any... I like blockbuster trades. I like, as much as it hurt to trade Herbert, I liked talking about that and going through options and um, scenarios. And so, honestly, if it's 
if if you're a guy that doesn't like to receive all those trades, let me know, and then I'll stop sending them. But other than that, um, you know, if you if you are just completely not interested in a, in a trade, just shoot me a message and say, hey, I'm just not really interested, and I'll stop sending those random offers. Um, but yeah, that's really the best way to to get a trade done with me is just. I mean, sometimes you don't know a guy's available until he's available yeah. all of a sudden. Right. And because for me, I think because I traded my favorite player with Brees Hall, there's nobody that's untouchable. And you've, I mean, we've talked about it before, and you've made the comment that uh, everybody's available for the right price. There's nobody on my roster that's not available in a deal. Now, with saying that, there are obviously guys that are harder, going to be harder to deal with. I've, I've traded Brees Hall once, and I couldn't deal with it, so I had to trade trade him back and get him back. So he's probably not going anywhere. Um, but other than that, there's nobody on either the NFL side or the college side that wouldn't be on the table if uh, somebody wants to come get somebody. So if somebody wants a guy like DeAndre Swift or um, – Jalen Waddle, Travis Etienne, all those guys, they're all available. I'm just not going to put every single guy on my roster on the trading block. Yep. So if you want somebody, come get them. Are there... the fun, for, me, for me, that's the fun part. I like to play uh, GM. I like to I like to trade. I do the same thing in my baseball league. Uh, and I, like I said earlier, I'll take the risk of the trade backfiring if I'm getting the guy I want because I'm going to trust my scouting in my eyes to see what I like about a guy and if I want him I'm going to go get him so are there any guys that you're kind of got your eyes on that you're trying that you would like to get on your team or like any Jets in particular well we don't have kickers so <laughs> I mean that, that sucks I'd like to go get the Jets kicker because all the touchdowns are going to score he's going to be kicking a lot of extra points <laughs> Uh, but uh, I just kind of looked through everybody's team a little bit. Um, there's nobody I'm actively trying to go get right now. Um, you know, after listening to everybody's podcast, my name keeps coming up as the one sending all these trades. So I think people might be getting a little trade fatigued with what I send. But um, I, I love the activity. I do too. That's what I mean. It's like, it's the off season. What else are we going to do? Yeah. But I mean, some some guys I wrote down that I've I've liked and I've I've made that, you know, I've made offers for, or we've discussed before. Um, Damian Pierce as just a a shot because I think I think Mac probably starts as the starter, but with his history, he probably doesn't last very long. And Pierce is a guy being drafted in the fourth round; they probably replace him next year. So he might just be a one-year guy, but um, he might also be a guy that shows out as a fourth-rounder and keeps the job. Same thing with Tyler Algier, also being the Falcon homer, kind of liking him. Tyler, Uh, so an interesting thing about the Falcons' backfield, I cannot remember his name, but he was a rookie last year, cornerback or safety, that they just switched to running back. I have not seen that. 
I'm going to have to, while you're talking later, I'm going to have to find this, uh, this guy. Um, and then <clears throat> who else? They brought in, they just brought in another running back. Damian Williams. Damian Williams. Yeah. Cause I think what I've seen, obviously the receiving is not great with Drake London and Kyle Pitts really being the only option. So what I've seen is they might end up putting Patterson back as a receiver. That's what I've also seen. And so if they do that, you know, Williams is 29, so he can't carry the load by himself. So then that opens up for Algier. And, I mean, he's always been productive at BYU running people over. So uh, maybe he gets the goal line looks and some short yardage stuff. Um, Avery Williams out of Boise State is a cornerback who is converting to running back. They, they made that they made that call last last Thursday or last Tuesday. Let me go at him real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. They probably haven't put him on there yet. He's well we can we can do defensive guys, so like he'll be a cornerback like at some point they'll switch him in uh sleeper I would assume. Oh, they got him listed as a running back. They do? Yep. So. Yeah, 5'9", 195. So, he was a guy I thought. the receiving back. He was a a guy I thought about adding, but then I was like, I don't really know who I'm going to cut. Like, he, it's going to be an Atlanta Falcon running back. Like, I don't really care. He's still, he's a second year player. He can throw him right on the taxi squad. You cannot, so you so you can put. Oh, that's right, because you didn't have him. You didn't have him at all, like the first yep. year. So like, you went a yeah, whole yeah. year, so you can't like have a sophomore guy pick that's him up and then. Loophole, yeah, you can't just pick up a sophomore guy and then move him to your taxi. So. Damn rules. I know. So um. Let's see here. Got off. Got off topic there, but uh. With yeah, other, you, other, you, other guys I've looked at that I've kind of I've sent some feelers out, but they nothing gets done or back and forth on. But um, like Amari Cooper is a guy just to to get a stack with Deshaun Watson. Um, who's got Amari Cooper? Um, I go by the uh, avatars, so it's the Oakland Raiders. Okay, so Chad. Yeah, Chad. Big L. Yep. Um, he's also got Tyler Algier. Um, Corey's got a couple guys with uh, James Cook and DJ Moore that I like that um, are my type of guys that I'd like to have on the on the roster. Uh, he's also got uh, Desmond Ritter, so it'd be a nice homer pick for me to, to try to get him. Um, and then Grimm's favorite. Khalil Herbert for multiple reasons. Yep. One, obviously, as the the handcuff for Montgomery. Two, uh, he went to Virginia Tech just for a year, but he's still a Hokie, so um, like to get him for that. And like Grim said, I think he might be better than Montgomery. I don't, I don't quite think I agree with that, but he did pretty well in his couple games that he he got to show out. He did. He's, I in watching him at Virginia Tech, I didn't think he was as fast as he is. And then to start the year, he's returning kicks. So 
that was surprising, but uh, he's a good athlete. And then with uh, Ian, there's you know he's he talked about some guys he liked on his team last week, and uh, one of them is on my list of guys I'd like to get with Michael Pittman, um, and then Jahan Dotson, two guys that I've we've got we talked a little bit about in the trade that we made um, where I sent him Tannehill for his third quarterback option. I got Mechie and Jamal Williams. Before the draft, we had kind of talked a little bit about those guys. He didn't want to move Pittman, so we kind of moved off him pretty quick. And, um, Dotson was a guy that he, he liked a lot and wanted to see where where he landed in the draft. Yeah, I tried to get Dotson during the college season pretty early on. Same. Didn't, didn't, didn't go well, so. No. Um, I, did, I was able to get he – he didn't want to move Dotson, but – that's who I got Kenny Walker from. So we, we were able to get something done at least. And uh, quick kind of like NFL talk into fantasy talk. You've got um, Wilson, and we're in another dynasty league, and you got Wilson. Like you got a lot of Zach Wilson. What are your thoughts of the second-year quarterbacks? You got Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, you got Justin Fields that they're trying to free up cap room, but pretty much didn't really do anything from a receiving core, any of that stuff. So, you know, I kind of see the Bears doing about the same, if not worse, and that means Justin Fields doesn't really develop as much and probably you get about the same, if not worse. Like, they got a new head coach in there where I think it was a quarterback's coach. I can't remember who their head co- new head coach was. But anyways, uh, I can't I think I don't think it was quarterback. I think he was offensive line. An offensive line. Okay. And then you've got Trevor Lawrence where the Jags had that season last year. You got new head coach coming in. You've got them spending money not like on great wide receivers but they're put they're like they're they're like an upgrade from the bears where like the bears did nothing but the jaguars at least did something yeah so in in that sense the bears did nothing the jags pretended to do something the jets actually did something and so to be honest like so i just started a we just joined another league where we did a startup draft this started it last week slow draft dynasty two two quarterback league i drafted zach wilson in the fifth round and i got lawrence in the third round so i've got wilson in all three of my dynasty leagues he was he was my number one b really close to one a with lawrence last year coming out uh but if i projected long term he was my favorite out of the class so I had him ahead of all those guys before the draft anyway. Um, and then the landing spot, nobody likes going to the Jets, so that wasn't great. But uh, I just like I like his athletic ability. Um, he's kind of the, the gunslinger. Uh, I know some people have mentioned Mahomes with him and – the only reason I can say I see that is because he does some of the throws, attempts some of the throws that Mahomes would attempt that you know, 
off balance, no looker, those kind of things. But uh, I just liked his. He, he he seems like a tough tough quarterback. He takes hits, he gets back up, makes throws. And then when he came back from his injury last year, he played a lot better. Started to to actually feel it. And then one of the guys that I listen to when they evaluate is Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. And so when he was breaking Wilson down a little bit, the things that he was struggling with seemed like very fixable things. It was with the play action, he wasn't getting the ball close enough to the running back's belly to really make it, to really sell it. So some of those things, from a second-year standpoint, I thought that uh, could really elevate his game. Uh, So then, like we talked about before, risking it, he's a guy I'm going to risk it for if he fails then I'll say I failed in my evaluations, but um, when I like a guy, I'll go all in and I'll take him in all three, all three leagues. So then, from a situational standpoint, I think he's got the best situation. So, like you said with Fields, he's either throwing it to Darnell Mooney or he's throwing it into the stands. So he doesn't have a lot to go with this year. So then, like you said, it's not a lot to build off of new coaching staff we talked about the other day does this new coaching staff really see him as he's not their guy so are they going to put a lot of trust in him or are they going to tank trade him kind of a Kyler Murray situation Josh Rosen and then use a high pick to get a guy that they like so there's questions there Trevor Lawrence is same thing new court or new coach new system um Obviously, both of them have all the talent in the world, but the Jags pretended to help him out. They spent a lot of money to get Christian Kirk, which doesn't move the needle for me very much. Um, So there's not a lot there. Like Grimm had talked about in our trade, Lawrence was on the table, but I wasn't. I already had Watson and I got Matt Ryan, so I didn't really need two quarterbacks, two more quarterbacks. So Wilson was the guy that I wanted, and so that's how that kind of went with Wilson versus Lawrence. But then, like I said, the Jets actually did something in their offseason this year and last year. With I think Elijah Moore has a chance to be the best receiver in last year's draft with everything that he's, you know, from a slot standpoint to not – let me back that up. One of the best receivers in last year's draft, obviously with Chase and some of those other guys are going to be – more down the field type, but then you get you go get Zach Wilson or uh, Garrett Wilson, who he was my favorite or favorite receiver in the draft. So that's why I targeted him in the Brees Hall trade. Uh, then you get obviously Brees Hall, but then they spend money on they got some offensive linemen, uh, shorted up. Then you get Corey Davis back as a number three wide receiver. I already had on my team, so just fill out the whole Jets roster. Then they go and draft Jeremy Rucker, who I also had on my team. <laughs> so that's why my new team. I think I think we've made the decision after this. I'm gonna go change my team to the Iowa Jets and go from there. All right, that uh, <clears throat> yeah, the I believe Mel Kiper put. I can't remember in his, like, way too early mock draft said it was going to be, like, seven or eight quarterbacks he sees going in the first round next year. 
I mean, I know there are teams that need quarterbacks, but, like, I wonder if those teams, you know, if Wilson doesn't do anything, you know, that great this year, Lawrence doesn't do, like, if they just have, like, repeats of last year, what do those franchises do? And then, yeah. like... Yeah, the Dolphins in that list, too. And it's, like... Also, the New York is in the New York media, so like, how long are they, you know, really gonna give them? They're all take, you know, taking the first round, so they have a five-year option. But then, if you do the fifth year, it's guaranteed, so a lot more just gonna be four-year guys. There's some good quarterbacks. It's gonna be an interesting off-season next year when it comes to the quarterbacks. And the way you're seeing it with receivers, but. The way the high school side into the college side is going with more of the seven-on-seven camps and elite seven-on-sevens, the elite 11, all that stuff, these guys are coming out a lot more polished and ready for the NFL than they ever have. So I think they're going to be quicker to pull that trigger to move on from a guy if they truly think they're a quarterback away, right? So... The Jets did it with Sam Darnold. They he was the third overall pick, I believe. Wasn't producing the way they wanted. Shipped him out. Brought Wilson in. I could see the same thing. I'm surprised the Giants didn't do that with Danny Dimes yet. But uh, no, they'll the Giants will be a team. The Dolphins, if Tua doesn't perform, which I don't, I never really liked him as an NFL quarterback to begin with. Um, but they could be filling in, and then like you said. The Bears and Jags, those two aren't their quarterbacks. Maybe they go a different way. Um, Number one overall pick might be a little bit harder. They might give them a little bit more leeway with last year being the shit show that it was. Um, But, yeah, I could definitely see, you know, after after year three, if you're not performing, I'm going to go a different route, especially if those new toys are available. Um, any supplemental guys that you are kind of having your eye on? With with having a seventh round pick, I haven't, I'm going to tell the teacher the honest truth, I haven't really done any homework yet. Um, so from a freshman standpoint, no, but there are a couple guys that are there from last year that I had my eye on, um. During the season, as as waiver options, um, but went in a different route, and I might be scared away from him now that Grim likes him. But uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State is a guy that uh, that I like. He was in the he was in my final three of waivers last year with um, Tanner McKee and Dontavion uh, Wicks, but ended up going with McKee because I needed quarterback. Um, and Cedric Tillman is another receiver for Tennessee that that I'm I'm hoping both of them or at least one of them fall to the seventh round, but um, probably not going to happen. I'll say, so. if, you know, we talked about it a little bit pre-show. Like I'm I'm really going to try to like even if I didn't have all these picks, I'm trying to in those first four or five rounds, I'm trying to do who I think are Devi guys who who yeah. I think are pro potential that are young. Um, Because this is going to be the cheapest that I'm ever going to get them. So, I like Cedric Tillman, but 
if I have all my picks 1 through 15, I'm probably not targeting him until round 5, yeah. 6, somewhere around there. And, um, and, and with my kind of situation with only having 7th rounder and then a bunch of middle rounders, um, I think we're... I haven't made the final decision. Like we talked about, my final decision could change the day of the draft. It could change during the draft. But um, where I'm at now is probably looking towards those type of junior to senior type of players uh, to, to fill in the college side this year, but then to be able to, to replenish my NFL side. Because like I said, my depth on the NFL side is limited, from, especially from a receiver standpoint. So if I could get a guy like Jaden Reed, who may have hurt his draft draft stats by not coming out last this past draft, um, but as a guy that I do see as an NFL receiver, if I can get him and use him for a year, and then get him to the NFL and and start to kind of fill up my NFL depth. Um, I'll also strategy. Um, I'll try to talk to Tweet see. If he likes him, because if he likes that wide receiver, you know he's got if problems. Tweet likes him, yeah, if Tweet likes him, we might want to let the FBI know. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know what Tweet's doing with all these wide receivers. I'm thinking he, he's really wanting to build up his uh, penitentiary staff. Yeah. So maybe he's working with somebody in Hollywood for a uh, another longest yard movie maybe maybe i know he just uh built a a house um and moved in not too long so maybe he's trying to afford that i'm sure building supplies aren't cheap they're they're not it is lumber lumber is expensive right now you think gas is expensive go try to build anything so um something i didn't ask that i just thought about now have you done a trade with Tweet after you gave him that haul? No, he won't even reply. He just rejects it right away. I don't know what I did to the guy. It's like like I when I took Brees Hall away, I took part of his soul. I mean, I've like, I, I, I even sent him an offer. I don't even remember what was all in it, but the, the only notable guy coming back from him was Kyle Phillips, the Tennessee, UCLA, yeah, slot receiver for Tennessee. That was the the only reason I thought about you know trying to get him. One was to test tweet out to see if I was on his no trade list permanently, and then two, just as a you know a depth potential sleeper from a a, a slot position. Huh. I mean, I I've, I've joked about it in the chat that tweet can't read. Because he never looks at the bylaws, but maybe we're on to something here. He he might have just automatically assumed it was Drake London and, <laughs> hit, and hit reject before he actually saw who was in it. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe he can't read. Oh, my God. Tweet. You're going to have to reply once you hear this. Let us know. You know we should really make, make these podcasts live so we can get live call-ins. That's what we should do. I guess I I can put it on Twitter and, and whatnot. <laughs> well, I've thought about that too. In the in the past few, where where you talk about who wins and loses draft or uh, trades, and 
I keep getting I keep getting put on the losing side of it. I want to defend my trade. <sighs> um, we're kind, we're kind of wrapping up here, and and something we talked about pre-show that I want you to go over because we didn't talk about before. But I was talking to you about how many downloads we have. Um, just in general, I was like, oh, it's really low. We only get like one or two, and it's me or Belleville downloading it. And then we, you were like, well, I've listened to all of them. Yeah. What? So, so what did you find out here, Nate? Well, so I'm I'm a rookie Spotify user. I didn't even have Spotify until your podcast started. So, what I found when I initially searched it, it puts it as um, your shows. And then, so once it's on your show list, it, it just automatically pops up all the episodes so you can listen to them. And then you can listen to them, but that doesn't download it, which I thought if I listened to it, that was considered download, but it's not. You actually have to hit the three little buttons on, or three little dots on it and then actually hit download. And then once you do that, it downloads pretty much instantaneously. And then it shows as a download on your on your Spotify, and then goes as a uh, into your queue as a, a downloaded episode. So need you all to go in, download all the episodes that we've had, so we get the numbers up. Um, those are all pinned in in the chat, so they can be easily found. But please, please go do that. I would appreciate appreciate that. Um, Anything else, Nate? You want to talk about um, before we call it a? Well, I know, I know the one thing that Belleville wanted to wanted to put on our shot sheet was my three year plan, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. Mainly that, um, what my my strategy is, but I just want him to hear this directly. There's no such thing as a three year plan. I don't know what my plan is tomorrow. I could I have DeAndre Swift on my roster right now. I might not have him there next week. I don't worry about three years from now. Um, that's why my draft picks are always key to, to trade away. Like we talked about, that might end up biting me in the butt at some point. But I'm looking at right now, I'm not looking three years down the road. So kind of where I'm at from a, what my strategy is. Um, and then also the, the, the question of from a, a college side, do I continue to, to use that as a, farm system to make the NFL better from a trade standpoint. Uh, that's kind of the same situation. Um, if there's a college guy that I like, which looking through there obviously are, um, unfortunately most of them are either on your team or his team. So getting some of those guys might be a little difficult because they're obviously the best players available or not available, but the best players out there. I am. Um, I will say I am here in the next couple weeks, I've been pretty busy, but here in the next couple weeks, I'm hoping to really evaluate my team and like I'm wondering if I should cash out on some value um, of of guys like and like I, I like I like I to be I like to be a year early than a yeah. year late um, with the NFL stuff, um, but like college guys like. Do I need to be looking to maybe trade Bryce Young? Like, do I really? Do I really think he's he's going to be you know 
a great NFL quarterback. I don't know. Maybe this is the time to sell him. JSN, like maybe this is what do I think he can actually be in the NFL. So I'm going to be really kind of really looking at at those assets here in the next couple weeks to a month type thing. And, hey, maybe I can cash out these guys for NFL guys. I yeah. don't know. Or it's like, or do I just leave them on my team? get depth like even if there are wide receiver threes those are still important when leaving them on your team that's no fun nobody wants to just sit and have the same team yeah you got to move people around but then like you were saying and i think you talked about it last week with bryce young my viewpoint is get value on him while you can because i think he's too small not height wise but build wise um but yeah, if you if you end up wanting to move JSN or Josh Downs, holler. All right, all right. Well, hey, that's gonna do it for us today. Um, I hope you guys have a good Memorial Day weekend. And till uh, till next time, we need uh, another person to uh, to do a um, interview. So we got Nate, me. Jacob, Ian, and Dennis. That's five. We got five more. I think we really need to get Tweet's response to our questions. Which which ones? Which questions in particular? Can he truly read? <laughs> and am I on the permanent no trade list? And how much does of a load of lumber truly costs. Okay, those would be three hard-hitting questions. Tweet, I know you you uh, kind of working on moving in, so we'll see if we can get you on next. But uh, till then, have a good rest of your week, and talk to you later.